Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murin, and as always, I'm the host of the podcast. We're right back at it in what I'm calling the second chapter of Forged in Ohio since we surpassed the episode 50 milestone. This is actually the one-year anniversary since the very first episode of Forged in Ohio dropped on October 20th, 2022. It's been a wild ride, and I wanted to throw this out there and let me know what you think on social media at Forge in Ohio Instagram and Facebook would Forge in Ohio merch interest you shirts stickers hats and more to be honest with you as I'm always honest with my audience here I haven't looked much into this myself quite yet but hey one year into the show I think it's time to at least offer it up to you guys and see if that's something you'd be interested in buying and we could do giveaways as well. So again, DM me, direct message me, or comment on the latest post on the Forge in Ohio Instagram or Facebook page if that's something you'd like to see happen. Now, let me formally introduce today's guest. He was featured on episode three of Forge in Ohio last November as a 3-0 amateur mixed martial artist. What has he done since then, you ask? Well, he won his last two amateur fights by decision before returning to his finishing ways in his pro debut last month in Florida. Oh yeah, Andy still owns the best nickname in the game. It's Anthony the Bagel Jagel. How have you been, man? And welcome back to the show. I'm doing great, and thank you for allowing me to be on the show for the second time. I appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, of course, man. The pleasure is all mine to bring you back on, especially with what you've done in MMA lately. We have a lot to catch up on, so let's get started with how your amateur career came to an end. You won the B2 Fighting Series Amateur Flyweight Championship in April. What was that experience like fighting for your first amateur title? Um, it was, it was, um, I would say it was solidified my amateur career. I feel like that was something I always wanted to do before moving on into the professional scene. Uh, after my fourth fight, when I was in at Ohio combat league, we were trying to pursue a professional debut at, during that time. It's like the beginning of the year, but you know, Ohio regulations and, you know, you have to like fight a certain amount of fights. So I, so my coach was like, hey, we're going to do this last amateur fight, uh, be your fifth fight. I was like, that's cool. So we did it. It was a tough opponent. Uh, you know, I, I, I controlled the fight most of the time. And, you know, it was a great experience. Uh, it was a very, um, how you say, it was a very emotional night, too, because, like, you know, you just worked your butt off for a title. It's actually right over here. I'll, 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 even, sh- I'll even show it to yeah, you. Yeah, go grab that thing. <sighs> so this is what it looks like. This thing's bigger than me. Yeah, dude, like it's huge, body. right? So it's pretty heavy, too. It feels like almost like 15, 15 pounds, man. So it was pretty big. But, you know, carrying it, too, was pretty heavy, too, after the night. Because me and my opponent, we went all five rounds. Didn't even think it was a five round. I thought it was a three-rounder. I thought it was three five-minute rounds, not five three-minute rounds. So my dumbass <laughs> thought I was just fighting a regular three five-minute round. But it was, it was a five-rounder. But... You know, we prevail and, you know, we have good cardio and uh, we make sure that we, you know, we push ourselves to the limits at my, at my gym at Queen City Grappling Club. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a really good night. And then after that, it just helped me further my path going into my professional career now. So when did you actually find out that the fight was five rounds and not three? How close to the fight was that? 
Dude, <laughs> in the middle of the fight. Oh, dude, in the after, fight. After, yeah, uh, I was hugging uh, my opponent. I'm thinking, hey, man, I was like, hey, man, good job, bro. And the ref was like, hey, bro, you know you got two more rounds. I was like, what? And then my coach was like, hey, bro, you didn't think it was five rounds? I was like, nope. I thought it was only three five-minute rounds. Like, you know, like a professional MMA fight sure. was. But it was five three-minute rounds. I was like, I had to just dig in deep. I know he was tired. I knew I was tired. So in the last two rounds, it kind of felt like, you know, who wants him more, who's more disciplined, and, who you know, who's got that dog in him. So he was tough. Uh, shout out to my to my last opponent, Ta- uh, Terion Cooks, a uh, really tough fighter from Louisville. Uh, he was fine for one – he was fine at previous 135 and called it down to 125. So – I, you know, I give him props for making the uh, the weight, and uh, but like I said, I, I control most of the match. But yeah, so shout out to him, man. Like I said, it helped me out a lot uh, just to get ready for my professional debut uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I feel like winning that title it just sets you up for bigger stakes. That yeah, their expectations are expected more out of you once you win an amateur title, but you still go through your day to day process. You know, as a fighter, you know, just take it one fight at a time, and you know. You know, eventually you'll get to the, you know, the big dreams, like me, being at the UFC, something like that. Sure. So when the ref told you that there were two more rounds after the third round, how do you have the mindset of, okay, I got to dig deep rather than being like, oh, shit, I thought this was the end of the fight. I got nothing left, you know? Yeah, uh, you just, you just got to find it within yourself. Like, you just got to dig in deep, and it's like, a, it's like a spiritual thing, like, uh. I am a man of faith. I do believe in God and a higher power. And, you know, I just believe God was just something you just got to dig in deep. You got to, you got to bring that, that dog inside of you that most people are not going to see. Like it's a close fight. You know, he's going to bring it, he's going to bring it too. You know, he wants it as bad as I do. So it's kind of like who wants it more at that point at that time, he's tired. I'm tired. Like I was saying before, but it just shows that who wants it more. And I just felt like I was able to, I was able to just withstand the, you know, the more punishment, but just show people, hey, I can do this, man. Like I know I can do this. And when I won the belt, it was just, it just felt like the weight fell off the, you know, a weight lifted off me because it was. I mean, I was kind of nervous. There was a lot of mistakes I made in that fight. There was a lot of mistakes he made in that fight too. But, you know, by the end of the day, you know, in the fights, you're gonna make a lot of progressions. You're gonna make a lot of mistakes too in the fights. But it's all about who's making the better progressions and who's making less mistakes in that fight you got to weigh it out so I felt like I was making more progressions in that fight but you know but looking back at it I'm glad I did it because it shows people that I am durable I'm not just like because I think my first three amateur fights I was taking people out within the first round so it's kind of like okay my last two fights I had to go all distance so then it shows me okay I can go the full length of fights so show people that hey I can do it all like I prepare myself for Say so my team, we always prefer we always prepare ourselves for the all five, all three five five rounds. Like we're not preparing ourselves for one round. If the if it ends in one round, that's great, but that's not how you want to be become a true champion. To be a champion in the UFC, PFL, Bellator, or one championship, then big promotions, you want to push yourself to the limit to the three or five five rounds. So then you show people, hey, I'm preparing for this. So that's just how I feel about everything. I watched your post-fight interview in the cage, and it seemed like winning that amateur title, and you've kind of already talked about this a little bit, was all the validation you needed to know that this is what you were meant to do in life and really capped your 5-0 and undefeated amateur career. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm, yep, it, it is. Um, it just shows people that, you know, like, I think 
when an amateur title, it just opens the door for you, man. It just opens the door. Like all these promotions going to want to hit you up. They're going to try to match you up with the best guys, you know, in the professional scene, I would say. But it just winning that belt just meant so much to me because, like, because like I said, I'm from Middletown, Ohio, the small metro city between Cincinnati Day and Ohio, and you know, I got a lot of love in my city. So like, you know, it's just winning that title meant so much. I met. just just having people come up to me, hey bro, like you're doing great for our city, man. Like this is something this is something we need because like you know, we also got other I would say like other athletes who are from Middletown, like Kayla Harrison, but she trains down in Miami, Florida. There's a baseball player in that college Swerber. He plays for the I think for the Nationals or the Phillies for baseball. But you they're not in the city like I am. I'm in this I'm in Middletown every single day, driving around. Like I see people from high school, just any around any anyone around the area. Like so it just it gives me like it brings me joy and happiness. Like I'm do I'm making my city proud. So that was a good thing. Bringing bring the bell back to my gym for Queen City Grappling. But hey man, like our gym is so young. We started in 2018. Now we're like, you know, they're like, dang, you you Everybody thinks we're just Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but not nah, we're more than Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We do MMA as well, too. So bringing that belt back to them shows, like, hey, but we we got the full package. And, you know, it just start, shows you, like, at a young team what you can do. And now we're just – which is how you said. We're just starting the show, I, I would say. But it does – it did bring a lot of uh, joy out of that moment. What was that homecoming like when you brought the belt back home to Middletown and to the hometown gym? <sighs> uh, it was just – it felt surreal because it just shows that, you know, even though I'm the guy that's going into the cage, making that walk, and I'm nervous, I'm anxious, but I know the people who train with me on a day-to-day basis, they see me at the gym. Like you can, if you ever come down to my my gym, you would you ask anybody about, hey man, how, what's Bagel like? What's he doing, man? He's like he's here two to three times a day. I'm training every single day. Like I have, like I like I said, I trained this morning. I got a coach at five o'clock. Then I have to do my practice, my two at a practice, like with with grappling and striking tonight. You know what I'm saying? So I'm literally doing like a two to three, four session practices, like a while coaching. So I'm doing this every single day. So if you came to my gym, you talk to my coaches, my people, they'd be like, "Hey, what's Bagel doing?" I'm I'm in the I live inside the gym every single day. Like I just like it brings me so bring that title back to them. It just it, it just show like I wanted to motivate people and like show, hey, bro, like I can do this. I'm not saying you got to do what I'm doing in the case, but it just shows like whatever you put your mind to and you believe you surround yourself with good people, you can take yourself to further places. If that makes sense. That's what the title represents is like, I can do this, bro. And I can show people, hey, like, even as a small guy, um, even as a small guy. It just it, it was it was just a surreal moment. Sure, yeah, definitely, man. I totally get that. You mentioned Kyle Schwarber, and I actually wanted to ask you about him because he's sort of a villain in Cleveland for the 2016 World Series, despite being a Middletown native, and now he's raking in the NLCS for the Phillies. But you actually met up with him. How cool was that experience? Meeting up with him with that B two championship on your shoulder. It was it was a it was a cool moment. He asked. I had uh, I have an older brother. They were like in the same like graduation class. Um, when they went to Middletown, so he kind of knows my brother personally, and just talking to him, uh, I really don't know him like that, but I met him a couple times when I was a kid, but just meeting him the first time, it just felt cool, you know, to be around a professional athlete. I met professional athletes, but, like, somebody from my hometown, like that, it was pretty cool, you know, I did ask him for advice, hey, man, like, you know, 
what did you do when like me become a because I told him like yeah I'm about to go professionally after this fight and I was like you know what can I do like to make sure I maintain that you know humbleness but no I can meet that ex- I can get to the next ex- you know next level he just said surround yourself with good people you know believe in your people and your team it looks like you have a lot going for yourself and you know just be humble man just take them one day at a time don't you know you're gonna have a, as you he said as you progress in your career you're gonna, you're gonna have a lot of people come at you a lot of love you're gonna have a lot of hate whatever but you just gotta know what's best for you and just you know just be real with yourself just be real and like don't fake don't you know don't don't fake don't fake it man you know what i'm saying like just be yourself be authentic bro and like who cares what anybody says you know what i'm saying he he told me he's proud of me he said hey bro keep going for the city i said I, I i appreciate that them little small little words like we ain't we, we only talked for like a couple minutes but I, I appreciate them words he said to me as a young professional athlete myself now yeah, words of wisdom there from Kyle Schwarber, one of probably the best postseason players right now in the MLB. And you talk about Kyle Schwarber and Kayla Harrison, Middletown natives, but doing their thing nationally, and they left Middletown. If you glow up like they do and reach that national spotlight, where do you see yourself going? Do you foresee yourself staying in Middletown? Um, I mean, eventually, I would stay in Ohio. I would probably move out of Middletown. I'll probably move somewhere like in a nicer area, okay. I would say, but I do show a lot of support to my city. You know what I'm saying? I would probably move to like, I don't know, wherever the nicer city that's outside of Middletown and stuff like that. Especially, you know what I'm saying? As I get older, you know, maybe I have a family one day, you know, I want my kids to go to a good school, but, uh, I would still be in the Southwest Ohio region. Like I don't see myself leaving Queen City Grappling. You know what I'm saying? I just have a, I have a strong support with them. I have a loyalty I'm big on loyalty, so it's like, you know, like, it's just a family thing I, I brought that me brought up with my mom and dad. We just have a strong family hold, so I'm very loyal to my people, and my people are loyal to me, so it's like, I can never see myself going to a different gym. I just can't see it, because I've been to, I've been to, like, big gyms. Like, I I was in Phoenix, end of July. I was at Fight Ready. I was at MMA Lab. Big gyms, you could think of, you know what I'm saying? Big names. I was at another big gym in LA when I was at when I was doing uh, IBJJF Nogi Worlds in December, I was in a big gym in LA. So I, I've been to some of these gyms where they're bringing high level like fighters, but it's almost like this. Like it's like a numbers game. Like you know, I don't have that same connection with I, the coaches I have back home at Queen City Grappling. Like, I have coaches who are going to tell me the truth, who are going to keep it real with me, and tell me, hey, you like you know what I'm saying? They're going to tell me like where I can progress and what I'm making mistakes at. And I need coaches like that, which I, that's why I like being on a smaller gym where I have coaches who can surround themselves around me. Not like at a big gym, like MMA lab or fight ready where I'm just a number to them or they're getting ready for some guy over there. who's fine in the UFC. Like I'm like, can I get looks? Yeah. Can I make it on them big level gyms? Yes, I can do it. I know I can do it, but I just, I just love my team so much. And, I just don't see myself moving away from that because until I love, I like Ohio, dude. I used to hate it, dude. But now I'm just like, you know, I felt like this is like my home. So that's just how I feel. Yeah. You don't have to, I don't have to tell you how much I agree with you. And I love Ohio too. I have this whole podcast about combat sports in Ohio. And I love your loyalty to your hometown gym in the Buckeye state. Before we switch gears and talk about your pro debut, one more thing about your amateur career. What was the biggest lesson you would say that you learned in your amateur career as a time fighting with a five and zero record in the belt? You, you won. 
I would say this, and this is for any amateur fighter who's in their career as an amateur fighter. I would say this, like, so my coach, uh, my coaches, they always want, okay, we need to fight. I'm a very small guy, so we need to, it's, so it's kind of unique. We need to fight someone who's tall. You need to fight someone who's a grappler, like a wrestler, a jiu-jitsu guy. You need to fight someone who's a striker, a guy who's kind of overall, a guy who's a brawler too, who's just going to stay in your face all the time. So you need to figure out, in the best scenario, you know, saying that you need to test yourself in these waters. That's what amateur fighting is. You're just testing the waters out to see what you're good at, what you're not good at. You know what I'm saying? And even if you lose, it's not the end of the world. You know what I'm saying? But if you go five and oh, great. You know what I'm saying? That's that's even great. Like, but you know, it's all about testing yourself in the different different uh, uh, styles of when you fight different fighters, and you know, and just have fun with it because once you get professional, there's I mean, to be honest with you, the professional scene, there's some differences, but not really a lot because you're still testing yourself out in that professional scene. You're still going to fight the same guys, similar skill level to you, have less experience as a professional, just like it was amateur. But I would just say just test yourself and, you know, and have fun and learn from the game of MMA. Because MMA is such a young sport, so it's like it's only going to keep involving. So I feel like the more you involve you are, the better you're going to be. Yeah, those are great points here from Anthony the Bagel Jagel on Forged in Ohio. So how did your pro debut come together fighting for a promotion like Combate Global down in Miami, Florida? So um, uh, my coach, Ruben, he he had, he had a connection with the uh, matchmakers down there. And he knows a guy because my coach, uh, Ruben, he's from the uh, Huntington uh, Beach area, like Orange County, which is over there in LA. So he kind of knows some people around that area. So, but I had a teammate, Jimmy Sandlin, who uh, fought for them for a bunch of times. So it was kind of like an easier access for me. They wanted me to fight. I think, I think leading up to this, like they have a thing, the state of Florida, you have to fight five fights too, the evening before you go like professional. So it's kind of similar to Ohio. So we were trying to get something going in the summertime. We just, uh, we just, just, you know, it's just political, you know, matchmaking just takes time. And then I think it like it's just like Ruben's like, hey, you know, would you want to do September 30th? And I just um without a question, I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Because easier this is easy access in. And you know, we train hard uh from you know what I'm saying for that, you know. I was already in training camp, but it was but I think we kind of got the call within six weeks notice. So we was like in the right timeline. And then but during that time, you know, leading up to it, you know, saying we just trained. You know, I went to Matt Brown's Immortal Gym. I trained with uh, Josh Pereira, trained with him, Josiah, Jaden Maddox, you know, and, you know, just other people. So uh, it all worked out in my favor, you know, what I'm saying leading up to, to that event. I know the performance proved it, but leading up to the fight, did you feel like you belonged on that big stage? Just looking at the venue, you could tell it was a high quality production and a big stage to compete on. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel like, well, one thing, I, I'm going to bring back Matt Brown's gym, yeah. which uh, I, they have a cage in their gym, so I felt comfortable being in the gym, you know, just like sparring with high-level guys like Josiah, Josh Pereira, you know, Jaden Maddox, and just, and I have another teammate who I train with at Queen Santa Grappling, his, uh, Zach Wesselin, he fights at 135, we bring him up there too, so like being in that cage and just being active in rounds of the cage, just being in the case for Combate, it felt like there's no difference. You know what I'm saying? It felt the same. I was very nervous. I would tell you that because I'm 
because B2, they have some production, but not like that. They're, these guys were doing like, hey, we're going to tell you, we'll give you like a countdown. We're going to tell you when to stop, hug your coaches. Like it's kind of like a production thing. So this is my first thing, first time experience all this. And then too, I'm the headliner too. I'm the main event. And the, the show was more like a, a contender series for Kambata to show, hey, here's our new prospect. He's our, this is everybody who's making their debut. My opponent, he was the only one who wasn't a debut. He was one and zero, but he was still like you know in that same level of skill level. You know, what I'm saying just making his uh, second professional debut, second second uh, professional fight. I'm making my debut, so just everything going into this, I was nervous, I was anxious, but I believed in myself, my coaches who believe in me, the people I surround myself with. Just being in that cage, I just felt like you know what, like I know I'm here. This is my moment, bro, and I just felt like. When the ref said, you ready, you ready, I just, it was just kind of like, it was like a, it was like a switch, like, hey, bro, I know I can beat this dude. And like I said, we got the job done. You know, I, I watched his tape all, all leading up to that fight. I know what he was going to do. And I just had to pick my shots. And, and then, like I said, the rest was history. When he came in with that knee, I moved out the way. I came with an uppercut. I hit him with a left hook, dropped in, ground a pound, took the bat, rear naked choke, um, you know. You know, it, the rest was history. So, yeah, that it was. How happy are you with that incredible performance last month overall? I'm sure you got to be pretty happy with how you did out there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I was so in stoke, man. Like, um, like I said, it was a lot of things I was going through too before the fight. Like me and my family, we was going through some uh, some tough times. Um, so, and but you know, leading up to that, and you know, just a lot of things happened over time. You know, with family issues, I got baptized too. As a, you know, I'm a man of faith as well. So it's just everything just built up. So when I won the fight, I just felt like like the world just you know what I'm saying. It just felt like something just came off my back. Like I felt like I can just I can breathe for once. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I just felt so and real. And it's like I don't think people understand when you're a fighter. It's the fight is easy. But the training camp and everything you have to do on the day-to-day basis as human beings, there's a lot that goes into this. So it's like when you win these fights in a very spectacular fashion, it, you just feel like you feel like you just feel relaxed now. You feel like you're you feel alive in that moment. And that's why I love fighting so much. Is it teaches me how to like discipline myself, like take all my problems and just shove it out the way and be like, hey, I need to focus on this. This is my job, this is my purpose. And I want to show people that even when you go through your day-to-day problems, you're still able to put on that face like, hey, I'm still going to conquer my goals, even though I go through my day-to-day BS every day. So just winning that fight, it just felt good. You know, I came back home. Same thing like winning the amateur side. You know, I got a lot of love from people. I actually got a lot of support. I asked, you know, but I know like going professional, a lot more people are going to come out and know, hey, man, we're happy for you. Yeah, I get it, man. I'm happy. You know, I was really, I was really humble and I was happy about the moment. And, but, you know, it's just like, it's just how you said, the more you win, the more people are going to come and support you. But and now I can say I'm a professional athlete now. So, which is a very good thing too. You know what I'm saying? Now a lot of people can say that. How many people can really say they're a professional athlete now? Uh, not a lot of people can say that. So for me doing that, it felt great. And then show other people in my area, hey, bro, maybe if this guy's doing it, why can I not do it? In a good way, in a good way, you know what I'm saying? Not saying everybody, not everybody can be a fighter, but in a way, like, hey, if this guy's pursuing his goals, I can do the same thing, pursue whatever goals they want to pursue. 
It sounds like there was a lot of pressure on you heading into that pro debut with everything outside of the cage and then actually going in there with all the nervousness that you just talked about that you had. And the fight, it sounds like, is the way that you get that pressure off your back and let the work that you put in every single day in the gym really show itself on that big stage for Combate Global. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, it just felt unreal. And then, like I said, I, I didn't really take a... Uh, I really didn't take a long break because I only took maybe like three, four days off. And then I got right back into the gym. And um, I had to get ready for the ADCC East Coast Trials, which was this past weekend in Atlantic City. I was one match away, make it to the second day of the tournament. So uh, I lost to a good competitor, you know, in, in a grappling match. So, but, you know, so just like I didn't have enough time to like, you know what I'm saying, to like, celebrate too much i had to like okay celebrate a little bit and then get right back and get right back on the on the on the horse to get back in training that's just how i am because i'm very active in both mma and bjj as well too and then right now i'm just getting ready for ibjjf nogi worlds which is going to be in vegas in december and then we'll probably get ready for our next our next mma fight probably like the beginning of next year you know what i'm saying yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So it sounds like the high that you experienced after your pro debut win only lasted a few days because you were right back at it with the grappling competition. And and that's just one thing I kind of like just took is like, you know, enjoy the moments, but don't enjoy it too much because there's always something else going on. And, you know, as a person, you know, you have to deal with your you know, day-to-day you know, stuff, you know. So it's like, yeah, enjoy the wins. But don't enjoy it too much because some people, they enjoy the wins too much. That one win so much, and it's like, nah, bro, like, we're not at, like, the UFC yet. Like, once you get to that UFC level and you're fighting for world titles and you get in the payouts you want, then, yes, it, you know, you can't take time off, like, you know what I'm saying, when you need to. But until then, it's like, enjoy the win for a small, small amount of time and then get right back on because – Somebody else is out there doing the same things you, you know, they're working hard as you. So it's all about who wants it more. That's one thing I love about MMA. What has got me here is that on you and, you know, you got to control your own destiny. Like how bad do you want it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you enjoy the win too much, then you can almost become complacent and stop working as hard. Well, like you said, everyone else around you, they're working as hard as you. And if you fall down a little bit, they're going to surpass you. And you don't want that to happen, obviously. Indeed, indeed. Just like I said, just uh, I'm very excited for my new journey. Uh, like I said, I'm still trying to work my way into these professional scene because I know like the professional scene is a little bit more political and more like you know matchmaking. It's a little more political, you could say, than what is amateur. And you know you got to pick and choose. You know the right timeline. You know I you know I work a normal job too, so it's like I can't just leave every single time. Like I got like I got to plan these stuff out. So until I can make fighting as my actual profession, and that's my goal right now is to rack each win up, build my resume up, you know, build my finances up too, to the point where I can quit the nine to five life. Because I, I don't shame anybody who works a nine to five job; like everybody has done it. And then, but once I'm able to quit that nine to five job life and then make fighting as my pure profession passion, you know, that's the goal I want to do, and that's the goal I'm really looking for. I'm not caring about like like the world title i do want to become like you know i do want to become a world champion again just like how i was the amateur i, I want to be a professional world champion that's my goal i write i write my goals down and everything i wrote you know you know a lot of good stuff you know a lot of like you know 
goals, 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 goals. I write all these things out in my notebook, but it's like the end of the day, it's like wins and losses, the titles, the money, that's all going to come, come and go. But I want to be to say to myself that when I'm 27 now and when I'm 37, I'm at the end of my career, I want to look myself in the mirror and look and just, or just, I'm out of, you no, know, just anywhere in the world, just looking around. I'm just saying, I'm happy that I went after my goals. I didn't give up. I never, I never stopped believing in myself. I just kept going. And I, and I was actually doing, you know what I'm saying? I'm actually a fighter, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I actually lived my life that I wanted to live. So that's just how I feel personally. The, the championship is going to come for sure, but I can't just think about championship. Like I got to think about the end moment. You know, I'm, I, every day I wake up, you know, as a man, as a man, a guy who, you know, who believes in a higher power, I, I just, I wake up every day. Like there's some days I'm not wanting to train. I don't want to train, but this, but when I get through these workouts and I'm staying consistent, I'm disciplining myself every day. I wake up at like today, I woke up today. I was very happy and blessed. Well, I got on my knees. I prayed to God and I tell him I'm very grateful that I'm able to go live the life I want to live you know, through him, through, through, through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But can not a lot of people can do that. There's some people in worse situations. I mean, who can't even do that, but that's why for me, I want to be that light to people like, hey man, like you give me motivation. Like I had a guy the other day who's from Middletown. He's like, hey, bro, like I'm very happy for you, bro. Like I know like we don't talk as much, but I'm happy for you. And that, you know, that meant a lot to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like not a lot of people can do that, but you know, but that's why I'm very grateful for these moments. Like even talking to you too, I'm very grateful for these moments, man. Cause like years ago, I would never see myself even talking to somebody like you on a podcast. I'm thinking I'm just going to be just a normal person coaching high school wrestling for, for the rest of my life. That's what I thought I was going to be, be a coach for high school wrestling for my whole life. Cause that's where I grew up in, in the sport of wrestling. But for me to transition, transition from wrestling to MMA and do the, do these type of experiences. Like I think, I think people should be more grateful and just, just, just take all the good things out of this, man. Cause like, at the end of the day, like wins and losses and championships, they're going to come and go. But moments like these, you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. Wow. I, I love that mindset, man. Just staying in the moment and then the reflecting will come later, right? Where did you develop this mindset? Did it come from your faith? Did it come from just experience in fighting? Where did this come from? I would say it, it kind of tends in all. Hmm. So my faith with uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the sport of wrestling, that transitions into MMA and just having a family, a, a strong family ho- uh, household, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, like, you know, it just, everything tied in, you know what I'm saying? When I, there's times when I'm in like big moments, I kind of look up, up in the sky, you know, I kind of look up and I, you know, I talk to myself, you know, with God and I say, thank you for these moments right here. And I look around, like around the whole arena, like when I was wrestling in, at the state tournament in high school or big wrestling tournaments, like, outside of season when i'm at big like bjj events like you know adcc or the cage like combate global or just any i just look around my surroundings and i just look dang dude like i really came a far away you know a long way like it's like the old saying i can look back and i you know i'm very appreciative of these moments like you know with god and god's like you know hey like you know look at look at you know it's okay to look back at times when you know how far you came but when you're looking for, you know, you got I got to put my trust in God, even though I don't know what the next step is. But he's like, trust me and I'm going to get you to that next level. So when I just keep pushing every day, one step at a time, taking one day at a time, regardless of the outcome, just taking it all in and just being very grateful for these moments and then surround yourself with good people. 
making sure you're feeding yourself with the right mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you eating clean? Are you whatever you're reading nowadays? You know, you listen to music, anything. You know, your body is a temple. You know what I'm saying? When you're like trying to build these good habits, you know what I'm saying? Good habits and discipline, consistency. So when I take it all in, I'm just very grateful for these months. I just think it just makes me become a better person overall. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to be, I don't want to just be like, hey, I'm just a fighter. Like, I want to be more than just a fighter. But outside of fighting, if I took fight away from me today, what is Anthony Jagel? I want so what it comes down to is if you took fight away from me today, what can I be? I what I would like to be is to become a, a better person than I was yesterday. You know, make sure I'm reading my Bible, you know, working out, treating people with the same respect, regardless if you're a CEO or you're a janitor. Just treating people with respect and showing love and respect to people. That's what I would be known for. Like I, I was somebody that was a loving, good person. Even though I'm not perfect, but with fighting, it adds like an add-on bonus. You know what I'm saying? That's why I would say how everything ties in. Yeah, man. I truly respect that approach, not only to the fight game, right, but also to life in general. And you said the first time you were on the show last November that your goal was to become a professional world champion, but more so to do something to affect change with that championship. And it sounds like that mindset has only grown and evolved since I talked to you last time. Is that the case? And do you still stand by that nearly a year later? I, yeah, I, I do want to become a world champion. I do. It's going to happen. But it's like just so saying, like, you know, my goal throughout my athletic career, like, I want to become a state champion, right, in wrestling. That never happened. I was a, I was a state placer. I wanted to become a national champion. I never became a national champion. I was one match going to nationals my junior year of college. My senior blew my, my ACL out. So, you know, we all have these expectations. But what if it doesn't work out? Does that really define you? No, it does not define you. You think there's a lot of fighters, you know, who want to become a UFC champion, who don't, who never become a UFC champion. But does that mean them not being a UFC champion or a champion? What what defines them? Like, I do want to become a champion, but what is the reason behind it? You know, you see these guys that become a champion, but they're just a, we'll say they're just a mean person. That's not a person I want to surround myself. I don't care if you're a UFC champion or not. If you're just a mean person, I'm not going to surround myself with you. But if you're someone who's not a UFC champ but has good morals, respect, and you know, has their, you know, has, is a very positive person, I can respect that regardless of what they accomplish. So, like I said, the goal is to become a world champion. It's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to get upset about it too. It's all about – my thing is this, how far can I reach it? You know what I'm saying? Like that's why I want to look when I get when I get through my career, I want to look back and like, you know what I went out there with my goals. Even though if I become a world champion, that's great. You know what I'm saying? Great thing for me, for the people who surround me with. But I feel like at times people get so stuck up on materialistic things like a belt or a car or a mansion or this money. It's good. But me being more in tune with my faith with God is opened my my mind up even more now, I would say, to the point of like, you know. All that can just come and go just like that. You know what I'm saying? So I just felt like me getting more into my faith, it just helps me realize, you know, there's more life than fighting and winning titles, making money. Like, okay, if you're making money, are you giving back to your communities too? You know what I'm saying? That's what I want to look into. Like, I want to build financial wealth for myself, for my future family, for my parents. You know, I want to build on things like that. You know what I'm saying? When I retire again, could think of there's fighters you know who's still fighting from paycheck to paycheck. I don't want to do that. I want to retire the game eventually and, and 
you know, and you know, maybe I'm gonna open my own gym one day, build my foundations from businesses, you know, and just get back to my people. And but if the world title comes and, and if it comes, that's gonna be a great thing too. You know, that's more publicity and more fame that comes with it. But you know, about the same time, like, but regardless of the outcome, each day there's all the expectation is always gonna be higher than it was yesterday. But how can I get there one step at a time? Just so I always tell myself, just enjoy the moment and take it one day at a time because eventually this is all going to go. And, you know, it's crazy. You would think somebody would say that at an age, older age, but someone who's 27 right now is still young with their career. It's just only going to – this right here talking to you and all this experience I'm saying to you, it's only going to take me to a further place. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said about working towards your goals right now, especially in a space like combat sports and trying to be a mixed martial arts fighter and attaining that world title one day. And you mentioned reflecting on it in 10 or so years at 37. Is that kind of like something you set in stone, like 37, you want to reflect and be done with your career? Or was that just a benchmark that you that you put for yourself? I just just a benchmark, just something I just said right there. Like, because I'm 27, looking at 10 years running around. Like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in the fight game. You know, I don't know. I've aimed around, like, that 36, 37. Because, like, eventually I want to get done with fighting. Because, like, fighting, it takes a lot out of you already. Like, the, the mental part, the physical, the emotion, the spiritual, the financial part of fighting. You're, they, I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, you're missing parties. You're missing a lot of friends and family spending time with loved ones. And because you're focusing on one thing, you know what I'm saying? So it's like... There's times, like, you know, I, there's times I just want to hang on my family, man. I don't even want to train today. You know what I'm saying? Like, yesterday, I could have went I could have went to Columbus yesterday, right, and trained with Matt Brown's gym. But I stayed home. I slept in. You know, I spent time with my mom and dad, hung out with him. We just built – we did some things around the house, you know, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That's why, you know, instead of just be like work, 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 like, that's all we're, we're trained to do a whole life. But it's like I want to enjoy these moments. And, you know, you never know when your family's going to go, too. It's not just about us. Like, People are going to come and go. So it's like, you know, I want to just enjoy these moments. And, you know, but like I said, 36, 37, I'm, I'm looking at that range where I want to lead the fight game. Eventually, you know, just start my own life outside of fighting. You know what I'm saying? Get back to my people and maybe. and But in the process, too, while I'm fighting out, build my businesses up, work my way up to the top. And check it, like we were saying earlier, just enjoy the moment because eventually you you have to leave fighting. You have to leave it. You cannot stay around. You're doing that. You're just you're doing yourself at this. Uh, you're displeasing yourself. I would say, like, yes, you can have the love for the game, but it's like you gotta find a different outlook of it, bro. And it's the same thing in wrestling too. It's a there's a reason why I got away from wrestling. It's the same thing I'm gonna do for MMA. Eventually, I'm gonna have to leave the sport of MMA. So that's just how I feel overall. Yeah, and we've seen some pretty ugly breakups from MMA in the past, and we've seen some pretty healthy ones, too, leaving the game before it retires you, so to speak, and it sounds like you have that right mindset of knowing when to leave versus staying in it and potentially risking health harms, but also, like, you know, long-term effects from competing in mixed martial arts for too long. Exactly, and, you know, like I said, just... That's just how I personally feel, and you know, you know, I know some people are gonna agree with that, some people right. are not gonna agree with that. That's okay. You can't please everybody, but I'm still gonna show the same love and respect to everybody. Like I am talking to you now, I would show the same love and respect to the next person, regardless of if they agree with what I'm saying or than I agree. You know, what I'm saying it doesn't matter, but you know, at the same time, bro, like like we just said, you gotta find that time. You gotta find enjoy the moment now. 
but know when you have to move on from that moment because, like I said, you only got a short span of life. Once again, this is Anthony the Bagel Jagel with us on Forged in Ohio. With your pro debut, you know, I've heard criticisms on the broadcast of your amateur fights about your fighting style, potentially being a one-dimensional fighter with your wrestling. Does it mean that much more to you that that nasty left hand was what started that finishing sequence in the pro debut? Yes. Uh, so, like, a lot of times, I was, I, to be honest with you, I was not happy with my amateur title to fight I was not happy with it because I felt like I could have I felt like I could have done more it just you know regardless I got the win right you know sometimes it's like wrestling sometimes not every not every fight or match is going to go your way you know sometimes you're going to have to win by a nail you know you got to win by you got to win by inches but sometimes you can win by miles with, with throwing a left hook on somebody but you got to learn from your 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 ups and downs and just take with it. So I feel like this fight camp, we really focus on striking. So from April, after I got done with the amateur title, from all the way up to my Combate Global debut, we were striking. I was fo- I was focusing on kicks, punches. Like I was really just trying to focus on a lot of things. I think going into the fight, I was like I said, I was watching a lot of tape on my opponent, and you know I understand the things he was good at, one thing things he was not good at. And when I picked, I picked my shots and, and like I said, it just, he came into that. And when he came in that sequence, he came with a knee. I knew he was going, he's going to use some knees, going to use his head kick. So he's tall and ranging. He was like five, six, five, seven. You know what I'm saying? I know he had like at least a six, seven inch reach on me. I mean, you know, I'm five foot nothing. He's going to come at me. I got to move out the way. And when he moved out the way, I tried to go for a single leg, but then I came with an underhook and I felt like this uppercut, you know, a left hook. And me and my striking coach, Coach Jerry, who I've been working with since day one, we worked this combination, uppercut, left hook, cross, or you could throw an elbow, you know, as a, as a professional now. So my goal was to, you know, when I got the underhook, I knew I was going to throw uppercut, which I did. You have to really look at I, I posted on my on my Instagram account. You really look at I hit an uppercut. I don't know if it really connected or not, but I, I felt my glove hit him. But as he stepped back, I noticed – in the fights too, even even through his amateur career, like he always has his hands lo- low, he has an open guard, so he leaves his face wide open. So when I was doing this, I just knew if I come with a left hook, it's gonna crack him. And, and I, as he's walking out, I was like, "Yep, it's right here." I cracked him with that left hook. It was all set up and planned. And then when I dropped him, you know, it's kind of like you know, I gotta take him out. So I just ground a pound, ground a pound. He tried to go for a, a armbar attempt. I pull back, drag the leg, smash. You no know, more hammer fist. He gave me this weird front, gave me this weird headlock position, but that was okay. You know, just throw the leg over, take the back, come up, power half, boom, 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 just keep ground and pound. And then eventually, you know, just listen to my grappling coach, uh, Ruben. You know, I got my back to the fence, but he was so rocked. I was like, all right. He didn't even try to defend the choke. So that's all him. And then from there, it's like you have two choices. Either you're going to tap or you're going to sleep. So, uh, and from there, you know what I'm saying? We got the win. So uh, I just felt like, I think I, I showed a lot of people wrong, which is a very good thing, too, because I want to show people, hey, man, like, I get a lot of inspiration from watching guys like Demetrius Johnson, Alexander Volkanovsky, Henry Cejudo, Mike Tyson, Manny Pacquiao, a lot of these short fighters you see, and it's like, oh, this guy's a short. Okay, this guy's a short. Don't mean we can't crack or we can't close distance, the, the distance. Like, yeah, you can have the, the reach all you want, but if you can't use it right, it doesn't mean anything, dude. If it's, I was saying this yesterday in my tech, and we were sparring last night. I was going with a new guy. He's like, "Well, I'm a lot bigger than you. It doesn't matter, bro. 
and he had like the uh, smaller gloves on. I had the big 16 out. I was like, bro, it doesn't matter if you have the small gloves or the big. Yeah, it, you, you are faster with the small gloves on, gloves on. But if your technique is not good, that's that's doesn't matter. If your technique's not good, it doesn't matter, bro. If you have the big gloves or the small gloves, like your technique and your precision of hitting your strikes is gonna it's gonna mean the most in in pra- in the practice room and how you lead up to the fight. So like I said, I'm happy that I was able to shut up all the haters on the doubters wrong and that's what I'm gonna keep doing. I'm gonna keep making myself proud, my my people proud, Middletown, Ohio, Queen Queen City Grappling, and then show people that hey, there are t- there's talent in Ohio. And that's the thing too, I, I don't think a lot of people understand before we keep going on. So right now, like I said, we're trying to build something right now in Right now, it's uh, like me, my coaches, and Matt Brown. We're, we're building something right now where you see everybody leave Ohio to go to these different gyms. I'm like, bro, why do we need to? Let's bring it all here. Let's bring it all here. We're, 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 we're doing something big that nobody knows about. I'm telling you this right now. We're trying to do something big where we're going to be training with guys from Toledo, Columbus, Cleveland, Southwest Ohio. We're going to try to get everybody together where we're going to, you know, know the old set Ohio versus the world. That's how it's going to be. Always. Like. And, you know, why fight each other? Let's build together and, and, and you, know, you know, and go attack the world, you know what I'm saying, and make Ohio proud, you know what I'm saying, hey, like, I think a lot of people forget about that, too. They just say, oh, you're just from Ohio. Okay. I don't think you guys understand who we train with in Ohio. Just be on the watch out for that. I'm telling you. It's, it's going to, Ohio is definitely on the come up for sure. Yeah, man, I I'm getting amped up right now just talking about this, about how your 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 pride in Ohio, but also just the Ohio scene coming up. And I talked to Miles Robinson lately, and he said the exact same thing: being loyal to his home gyms, but also building what we have in Ohio and creating these nasty one of a kind rooms in the gym, and really just improving around each other right and building up the ohio mma scene sounds like that's what you're doing at queen city and also training at immortal with matt brown as well yeah and you know it's funny i actually talked to miles a little bit too i didn't train with him as much but there were a couple times we talked about and then like i said i talked to matt brown too that's we're all trying to do that it's going to come it just takes time and we're trying to get something going where it's going to be both because it's a there's a good uh ohio uh grappler in bjj dante leone you know, so he has a jump up there, and uh, Josh Pereira, he goes up there and, and does he coaches up there. So we're gonna try to start getting something going for grappling and MMA. We're gonna try to bring it all together. Just takes one day at a time, like we always talk about. Take it one day at a time. Be patient, and then once it all comes together, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Dang, I did not know Ohio was like this." Because think about Ohio. I always tell people that Ohio is a great state of wrestling. You have the jiu-jitsu, even though in the MMA scene. There's not a lot of big gyms you could think of, like compared to like Florida, like New York City or LA, all that. Like, but Ohio, we have the cities. You just got to bring the people together, and and that, like I said, we're we're building something, and that's something we we're we're trying to make. We're trying to build everything together, and and like I said, Ohio versus the world. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen for sure. Watch out. Exactly, man. I can't wait. It sounds like a return for you, though, would come early 2024. That could be on the marquee for you. Do you think fighting for Combate Global again could be what's next? Well, definitely. That's just, that's something we're looking at for right now. We're definitely going to fight for them. For for the meantime, I mean, they do pay pretty good money, I would say. One thing I like about them was, you know, before the pandemic, they were going to, like, uh, different countries, like down Latin America, which that's where the base more. They're, they're heavily... No, targeting the Latin countries, which is fine. You know, they're the headquarters in Miami, Florida. I get that. 
But like I told my coach, hey, if they're going down to Latin to the South America areas or you know Central America, like Mexico, all the way down to South America, I told them, let's do it. Why not? I got, I mean, I've recently just got my passport, so why not? You know, travel the world, do something I love to do, fight in, like you know, what I'm saying like think about that. Who would not want to do that? But at the meantime, you know, say if a bigger promotion like that's on a UFC fight pass, like LFA or something like FAC or just anything or the Anthony Pettis show, something like that comes around, you know, I'll take it too because I know the UFC fight pass is more exposure. But, you know, like I said, I'm going to take whatever's given to me and what I feel like is the best opportunity, you know what I'm saying? So, but right now, I kind of don't worry. I don't worry about that too much because I'm still in my professional career. My coaches kind of deal with the negotiations time. Of the, the negotiations are through all these like uh, different like promotions. Until I, I'm able to find a good agent, I can I feel that like we can trust because like you can't trust everybody, you know. So you gotta trust the people that got you there. And but like I said, for the meantime, we're all gonna fight for Kabate and see what happens. But like I said, if, if another opportunity comes, like and it's you know if it suits our way, we're gonna take it for sure. You know what I'm saying? Got to. You know what I'm saying? You can't. You know, like I said, take the opportunities you can now. And live the moments and enjoy it too. It's rare to hear of a young pro fighter traveling the world and having all these opportunities that Combate Global presents to you. But are you craving a pro fight in your home state in Ohio before you potentially reach that big stage to where that might not be yeah. an opportunity to have down the yeah. line? Yeah, for sure. I I definitely want to bring a I vision this man a lot of times. And I, um, I want to like when I when the opportunity comes and say like I am the world champion, I definitely do want to have a, a a fight in my home city, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio. Like I do, you know, I'm like I'm like 30 minutes away from it. I do want to have I do want to have a fight there in Cincinnati, Ohio. I want to bring people down, uh, you know, be the main event. You know, I want I, it's going it just takes time. You know, what I'm saying these things take a long time. I know Rich Franklin did it. You know what I'm saying? When he was a champion. So why not? I, why can I not do it? You know what I'm saying? I fought in Dayton, Ohio a couple of times. You know, I had a lot of people come up for my amateur fights. But, you know, maybe I can, you know, it could be anything. You know what I'm saying? I know, you know, it could, it could be a lot of things, man. It just takes time. But, you know, I definitely do want to have a fight down Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, in a big event, in a big major promotion like the UFC One Championship or something like that. That's that, hey, we're in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm the main event, and you know, we'll let you know. And we showed everybody that hey, this is Ohio, man. This is what Ohio is like, and you know, and like I said, just enjoy that moment. But you know, but till then, got to put my working cap on and just keep going every day. Keep going every day and working. Stay disciplined. Stay consistent. You know, bust my butt every day and just trust the process. And fighting as a pro in Ohio, not only do you get paid, which is nice, but no more same-day weigh-ins. You're not limited in what you can throw there in the cage. You know, those three factors have to be enticing, too, to actually get that fight in Ohio. Not only to fight in front of your hometown fans and, and your family, but also because some of those amateur rules aren't there anymore. Yeah, that's it was it was a good thing. Well, actually, when I fought for the amateur title, it was in, it was in Kentucky. So Kentucky does do the day-before weigh-ins. And they're pretty much like, um, you can literally do everything except for elbows you can knee to the head you can head kick a little you can literally do almost everything pretty much just like a pro you just can't do elbows to the head so in that in that fight in my amateur title it was kind of like you know it's actually got unique it got me ready for the professional scene already so it was kind of like good for me because i was like okay i'm actually used to it 
because all my other fights were in Ohio, day before weigh-ins, the day of weigh-ins, and you got to come back later, you know. But like I said, I don't cut a lot of weight. I'm not like a big 125 pounder where I'm kind of 155 down to like 125. I, I'm usually walking around like 135, 136, you know. And the, when I'm in fight, I'm usually between 133 and a half to like 136 around that range. So I'm like, I'm never like, what you call, I'm never like that big guy. Like that's kind of like what, so I always feel good no matter what. And, um, uh, but like I said, as a professional, it does help out a lot. You know what I'm saying? But one thing I like about the professional, see, I just like, I'm just happy that I'm able to get paid for this now. You know, so you do, I mean, uh, but here's the thing too. I think a lot of people don't get it too, that as an amateur, you do get some pay from taking sales and streams. Like if they put your name in the notes or seller, you do get some like benefit out of it, but not as much as a professional. But at the professional, I mean, you're getting paid, but not as much as what you think it is, too, because you still got to work your way up to the ladder. Like, until you get to that level, like Volkanovski or the guys you see in the UFC fight card this weekend at Abu Dhabi, like, you're still working your way up to the top. Sure. And I know this episode will be released on Monday after the big UFC card this Sunday or this Saturday. But you mentioned Alexander Volkanovski's name twice now. So I have to ask you, what do you think of his chances on 11 days notice against the champ, Islam Makashev? I think um, he had a good shot. I would say that because I can't. I'm I'm going to root for him. Me too. But yeah. I can't. But I can't discredit Islam Makachev because Islam Makachev is another good fighter. I like watching him too. He's a wrestler, very disciplined, striking. He has a good team around him. So it's like I think a lot of people kind of discredit Islam Makachev a lot. A lot. And I was like, bro, you y'all realize he beat Charles Oliveira. And beat Volkanovski. Even though it was a close comparative fight with the Volkanovski fight, but he still beat him. So it's like, but I get props to Volkanovski for taking on the on the short nurse fight. But I think it's going to be a very highly uh, anticipated fight still. I think to this day of this year, it's still one of my favorite fights. It's still my favorite fight of the year. Watch uh, the, the first Islam and uh, Volkanovski fight. It's still my favorite fight of this year. You see the top two guys of pound for pound going at it. That's what the game is all about, seeing the best guys going at it. So I feel like Volkanovski has the best shot of being Islam Makachev, in my personal opinion. Anyways, I think he can do it. But if he doesn't do it, I mean, you know, I'm not going to get upset about him. Just like, hey, well, hey, Islam is just that guy. He's just yeah. that guy. So, so, but either way, I'm going to root for Volkanovski. I like him. He represents the short guys. You no, know, he's. He's a good. He's a great fighter too. I like his fates. I love everything about Volkanovski. I watch a lot of film on him, and there's times I'm like, dude, how can I get good like him? But it's just like, but I can't compare myself to him. I can I can uh, respect and admire it, but I can't never be Volkanovski. I got to be Anthony Jekyll at the end of the day. But I am rooting for him. I am. Yeah, same here, and time will tell. Of course, this will be out on Monday after the fight, so we'll see exactly how this sounds when this episode actually goes out. One more thing about you, though, you know, with a a date on early 2024 as a return, but have you thought about what 2024 as a whole could have in store for you? I know you're 1-0 now, you potentially go 2-0 early 2024, but that entire year could be a big year for the Bagel Jagel. Yeah, so... So like I said, this year, two, 2023, I have fought three times. That's active. I, I finished my amateur career, and I did my first professional fight. What's kind of helped me out in my my, in my my previous fight was that my opponent, his last fight was October of last year. 
to me, I was very active. And not only active with MMA, I also do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Like, I'm very, like, active in both. So, I always stay active. I'm always in the gym training every day, you know, working my butt off every single day, trying to become the best version I can be. But I think 2024, that's the goal. We're trying to build that resume up. Like, uh, me and my coaches were talking about, you know, we're going to fight beginning of next year. Probably late January, January, early February next year. We can get another fighting great. And then I think in April, we're going to do the ADCC West Coast trials for, you know, for no gi grappling. And then we'll probably just going to keep going, just keep going, racking it up uh, in MMA. Like, so, you know, my goal is to is build the next year is literally just building the resume again, like we were in an amateur career, just build it up. And then eventually, you know, we get that call from whatever big mocha. I think once you hit that 5 and 0, 6 and 0 mark, you start getting the, the bigger names that hit you up. Hey, you know, maybe like the contender series or maybe go overseas to one championship or Kambate keeps paying me good money. Whatever the best opportunity is, I, I don't – I would never like uh, – I, I, I'm a type of person. I like to weigh my options. I like to see what is going to – what is – what one, what's going to bring me the most money for sure because you got to think about that first. You know, the money – you know what is what what does me and my team feel more comfortable with, and what uh, what's gonna make us a uh, what's no what's what's what is going to make everything seem right if that makes sense, which is gonna make seem right. So, but like I said before, if you get to that to that to that opportunity, you just gotta build your way up. And like I said, I I, I build a lot of I being around a lot of guys at the professional scene now. Just talk even though I was at OCL the a couple of weeks ago talking to Jane and Maddox, uh, Josh Pereira. And all these other guys, you know, just be like, you know what? It's crazy that we all started from the amateur and we worked our way and now we're all pros now. So it's kind of like I'm happy to see that, too. That I was very happy to be at the OCL. Like, dude, I, I'm seeing a lot of people that that I really started with amateur are now as a professional now with. And then some people who are still amateur, but they're still doing a thing. It just felt good. So, but like I said before, we get to all these big opportunities to take one day at a time, one step at a time, and uh, just build that resume up as best as, as best as we can. Of course, man, and I cannot wait to see what the year 2024 has in store for you. I know it's going to be a big one for you. I know we talked about it last time you were on, but anime is something that pops out to me when looking at you and your brand and your personality, so I'll wrap up with this. Assuming a lot has dropped since last November, what's your go-to anime right now? Uh, Go-to anime right now? Uh, there's so many. Like, uh, I, I was re-watching re uh, Dragon Ball Z. Actually, one of the first. It's actually the first anime I got into. Dragon Ball Z, Goku, Vegeta. So I was watching it on Hulu. It just felt great to, you know, get that old old school feeling again. I just felt like a little kid again. It's great. I was watching uh, Demon Slayers. Uh, the newest season, season three came out. Uh, it was great. I was watching this boxing. It's a boxing anime called Hajimia Hajimia No IPO Man. It's, a, it's like it's a boxing anime. It came out in the nineties. I was watching that. Before my Kambase Global debut, I was watching it, like, in the hotel, all leading up to it. Even in the hotel, I was just watching it. And then uh, I was watching another anime. It's called Bleach. It's an older anime, but it came out. It, they kind of revamped the anime, you would say, and they brought, like, the newer season out. I was watching that, too. So I was watching Dragon Ball, Demon Slayer, Bleach, and uh, IPO. IPO, man. That's been probably the four animes I was, I've been watching recently. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I love it. I still watch it here and there. It's just like, you know, but it, it is kind of hard to watch it because I'm always, you know, I got to work. You know, I got to train. So it's kind of like, 
but when I do watch it, I do enjoy it too. I really do enjoy it, dude. I just I love it. I'm, I mean, we're trying to work. I'm trying to work on sponsorships right now, and uh, there's a specific uh, brand, the more like BJJ community wise, but they do have a lot of anime, like rash guards and shorts, and I love the Naruto. Uh, uh, it, they, they brought a Naruto gear, and I was like, dude, I gotta buy it. I spent the damn near three hundred dollars on, on two on two sets. It was a Naruto and Sasuke um, one. Three hundred dollars, Drew. That's stupid, but it was actually good for me. I loved it. I was like, dude, I am, I don't I don't care. So, uh, like I said, like I just love anime. Just something that, like you said, it just it brings to me. But I think a lot of people too. They're probably not only just anime, but I think my faith now. Because I know I've been posting a lot more of my faith more on, on social media. But like I said, I still am into my anime. I'm still a nerd to to the day I die. So I love anime. I'm going to love it. Eventually, once I get my money up and get everything going, I want to take a trip trip to Japan. I want to go to J- Tokyo. I want to go to all these things. You know, most people. If you watch anime, you know a lot of people want to go to Japan for the anime reason. So it's gonna happen soon. I mean, I I mean, I got a couple uh, manga books that's anime, which is like the, an- the manga is pretty much the anime comics. I read that too, or I re- read it online too. So. I'm really, like I said, I'm really into my anime. It's just like, it's just, it's kind of hard to deal with that on a day-to-day basis as you get older. Yeah, and there you go, Forge and Ohio fans who are listening or watching right now. There's some good recommendations for you if you want to watch some more anime as well. Before we wrap up, Anthony, anything you want to shout out, plug here on the podcast here at the end? The floor is yours, man. I just want to shout out to my people from Middletown, Ohio. Thank you guys for uh, supporting me, all to my sponsorships too. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, you know, I also think my, I think I, I say Queen City Grappling. If not, I want to shout you guys out too. you guys done so much for me for being there for day one. You know, I want to shout out to Team Immortal for showing me love. You know, a lot of me to train with you guys and shout out to Forge Ohio, too, for allowing me be on this episode again. You know, and like I said, I just want to thank everybody, you know, you know, staying tuned with me at, uh, at my IG account at It's The Bagel. And, you know, I'm saying you need any anime recommendation. Just hit me up. Anything about spiritual talk, you know, I'm here to talk to you about faith with God. And, you know, I just want to say thank you guys for everything you guys done for me. And, you know, God bless you guys. There you have it, man. Thanks again, Anthony, for joining me for the second time on the show. It's been way too long since we've linked up on here, and that's on me. But it was great to have you on for episode 52. Before I let you go, you got to help me with the OHIO chant again that I finish every episode with. OH. I-O. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. Congrats yes, on the pro debut win again. Keep grinding. I know it'll show in the cage, and I'll make sure we do a better job of doing this again before another year goes by. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Anthony the Bagel Jagel, the now 1-0 professional mixed martial artist. I was very happy for him, and I was excited to see that he was victorious in his pro debut, especially the way that he got that win. You know I enjoy when guys I have on the show win fights, but it usually comes against other Ohio fighters. In Anthony's case, he subbed a guy out of California in a round, so it's a win-win scenario, and I'm looking forward to following the Bagel's career even further i said it at the top but don't forget to let me know what you think about the potential of forge in ohio merchandise coming you can do that by sending me a message at forge in ohio it's easy to find on both instagram and facebook and if you really want to support the show and ohio combat sports then don't forget 
to download episodes as you listen on the go and subscribe to the new forge in ohio youtube channel as well thanks again for watching or tuning in i've been your host jake Marin, and this was forged in ohio